last 50 years have seen dynamic shifts in societal attitudes toward female autonomy, divorce, reproductive rights, and the very definition of marriage. Along with it, more and more people are making the conscious choice to live their lives child-free. We're here to unpack the complexities of this life choice and to say the things we can't say anywhere else. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Not Just Sleeping In. I'm Tiger. And I'm Lee, and each week we gather in our secret child-free compounds and discuss all the things about this pretty crucial life choice that we've made. This week, bum-bum-bum, the myth of the mom and dad bod. Uh, The ubiquity of parenthood at the center of our culture has kind of conflated a lot of body changes that occur as we age with parenthood mostly because of the stage of life when parenthood occurs for most people. Hey, it turns out uh, some of these changes occur for people even when they don't choose to have children, and we don't talk about it. Um, The results can be both kind of deflating and alarming and surprising for child-free people who kind of aren't aware that this stuff's a thing. So um, wading into some pretty heady waters here today, Tiger. Um, But first... um, as we kind of always do, how late did you get to sleep in this week? 10.30. Yeah, I okay. felt good about it. Double digits. Strong. Yeah. What about you? You know what? 9.30. It's still that, still that single single digit. I need, I need it sometimes. Like, it... it I need for to feel right in my heart, um, even though my loving partner in all things, um, I think hit like a one thirty. Nice. Like crossed into the PMs this nice. week, but I and they are a champion of humanity for it. Uh, I can't. I gotta get up and just putter around and like listen to podcasts, you know, with headphones on, so as to not disturb their noble slumber. But yeah, I got to, it's particularly as, you know, I'm still waiting for my industry to get back up and running. Um, It helps me feel like a human being. So, but I I love your 1030 though. Yeah. I mean, my, well, my part, okay. So my partner is leaving for a career change. That means he's not going to be sleeping in at all for a very long time. So we really, we really tried to make the most of, the sleeping in time we had before he left and committed hard. I love it. Yeah, it was nice. It was worth it. I'll probably continue mm-hmm. to do it. <laughs> I love it. So here on Not Just Sleeping In, we value having a space to talk about things kind of freely and in a way that we don't necessarily get to... Um, you know, with a lot of our friends and family, um, we want to create a space where that's possible as well. But, you know, along with that, what we're talking about here, the waters we're wading into here are those of bodies and gender and gender roles and societal expectations. And um, there's a lot of heady stuff there. So, I, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a full content warning or anything that we're talking about here as we start talking about bodies and butts and meat. Um, but there's a couple of caveats that we just want to toss out 
to you folks listening along, um, just to kind of blanket, get stuff out of the way. Um, so that like, that when we're saying stuff later that are either profoundly personal or profoundly about our experiences that we, yes, we know and understand all of these things. So a couple quick caveats to get out of the way. Um, first one, Tiger, go ahead. Yeah. So the first big thing is obviously we fully support all forms of gender identity all along the gender spectrum. And we want to talk about these meat sacks in a way that's honest and authentic and also not harmful because so often that's what we hear. So we're going to try to avoid any hard gendering and we're going to stick to male bodied and female bodied for simplicity. And, uh, similarly, and again, it's, it's so funny because we want to acknowledge our own space in the world. Um, but yes, of course we acknowledge both the physical and emotional strain of pregnancy on the female body. Hey, that's why some people choose not to do it, turns out. Um, and in no way do we want to diminish that, the struggles and the changes that occur. Um, pregnancy does. It seems hard and painful. Postpartum depression is very real in mothers and fathers, and it is really untreated. I know our generation and the generations coming after us, I think, are at least trying to acknowledge it. Um, but again, we, we're not saying it's easy. We're not saying what you've got to do is is not without its struggles. We just really want to try to find some space to talk about our own and our experiences and how they're different. And oftentimes that's just not on the table. So mom bod, dad bod. What it's such a, it works because the term is so like inherently evocative, right? Like you immediately shut your eyes, listeners, wherever you are, and just picture the cargo pants. You know, they, they, they draw themselves, you know what I mean? Like, Usually meant, of course, to describe the New Balance sneakers and the tube. The New Balance sneakers, (laughs) yes, a polo um, monogrammed with the tech company. Not that they work for, but the one that that was present at the conference that they just got back from. Yeah, yes, got it for free. Awesome, Salt Life hashtag Salt Life. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Yeah, usually meant to kind of describe dad bod, middle aged man. uh, The insinuation being that they're kind of past their peak, a little overweight, less muscular than their youthful, sinewy, pool boy counterparts. Um, It's funny, the viral spread of the term attributed to McKinsey Pearson, who wrote a blog post, uh, Why Girls Love the Dad Bod, March of 2015. But honestly, uh, I feel like she even admitted that she didn't coin the term. It's been around forever. I remember like an old uh, MST3K where I think they're watching like an old 60s movie and they're just like, wow, look at that parade of dad bods. That was maybe the first time (laughs) I remember hearing it. Um, Tiger, do you remember, where do you remember kind of hearing? It was probably around 2015, 2016 when the dad bod craze took off. I first heard it, and this is so specific, in reference to David Harbour as Hopper on Stranger Things. Sure. And I was like, yeah, that's he's like rocking that dad action, you know? Like, he's just, like, yeah, it made made perfect sense. And it was just like, ah, yes, I understand exactly what that is. Which, hilariously, like, David Harbour is not, in the first season of Stranger Things, not a dad, but rocking that dad bod. 
Rocking that dad bod. Yeah. Um, so the funny thing is that there's just kind of an, the evolution of this stuff is so funny because I know that my parents, as I think I've said before, thought that they were like the old maids of their generation when I leapt into the world when they were at the tender age of 25 for my sisters and you know, it was more like 30. And for a lot of my friends now, um, you know, who maybe moved away from home, were in a career path for a while, it's more like 35 or 40 um, before they're having babies, right? Yeah. But you've got a kind of deep ingrained idea, um, particularly in very visually that the female body changes, obviously, with pregnancy and child rearing. Um, but for the dads, there's a lot of it that's tied up with just kind of aging stuff, right? Metabolism slowing down, being tired, you're making less testosterone. It's, you know, it's not, while there is some science and stuff to equate like holding babies with oxytocin creation and, and whatever, some of this stuff was just going to happen anyway, you know? Yes. And, and that's true. That's also true of female bodies too. Your, your body changes with age and it doesn't have much to do with. We don't. Yeah. It doesn't actually have to do 100% with having children and what we're finding out. And I think it's, it's one of those funny things that there really just wasn't a sample size, right? Culturally, there wasn't, um, people really to as like a control for this because we were all you know we were all moms and we were all dads right like why wouldn't we be and if you and, and if you weren't it was usually because of an associated health problem not necessarily because of a choice we're now as it turns out kind of as people are choosing to either start families later or hey why not just not necessarily have kids at all um some of the stuff is just going to happen anyway. And there's this idea that's come out. And it's funny because if you look it up, just take a second, type it in second puberty into Google. And it's just a, a flood of crazy, like disparate ideas and studies. And, you know, as people are trying to kind of sort out what that even means or what's happening. And I mean, a lot of times, again, saying generally some people it happens in their like the funny thing is a lot of these articles are like when it happens in your 20s when it happens in your 30s when it happens in your 40s like there's not it changes different for a lot of folks and yeah it's it's not it's something that we're finding that unparented bodies are experiencing it anyway oh yeah and it can kind of catch people really off guard Oh yeah, <laughs> it uh, this one second puberty fucked me hard. Yeah, yeah, it's been that like because I didn't know, right? Every woman in my family that could have a kid did, and they experienced bodily changes, and I never had this paradigm for what a body in its thirties looked like without having had a kid. And so yeah. I thought, 
and I'd been about the same size from like beginning of high school until about like 28, sure. 29. And yeah. it, like I hit 30 and a couple, it was a lot. And that's the thing is as an adult, there's so many new factors in your life that aren't just hormones, but metabolism slowed down. Um, I, my body changed. I got boobs for the first time in my life, which I was like, honestly, the hardest part was like getting breasts that weren't like, that were there and present and in my right. way. <laughs> like really, like really properly, like, hi, how are you? Yeah. Like, and like, it was, it, it's really changed my, it changed my self-conception in a way that was like, cause I've always had I've always felt good about my body and felt good in my body and it's it's my body and we've been together and it's kind of looked and felt away for a really long time yeah and it I felt and I'm still kind of learning to calibrate this new new version of me and some of yeah. it's been for the better because some of these changes came with you know me medicating and finding good mental health. I got married. So there was a level of like, and financially I kind of crossed this space in my career where like I was a little bit more comfortable. So that played a part in it. But at the end of the day, a lot of it was just hormones. Like it, Mm -hmm. and it's just been, it's been weird and really uncomfortable. And there's not a lot of space to talk about it. I think, I mean, even as a parent, there's not a lot of space to talk about it. We hear women all the time talk about, or female presenting people, mothers talk about this urge to get back to yourself after pregnancy. Right. What if there's no pregnancy? Like, how do I get back to myself when myself has just rebelled against me? Right. And it's very weird. And so much of it, um, particularly in female bodies masks a lot of the same to a lesser degree in some people or not the same kind of visual um, components as pregnancy, right? Breast growth, hip growth, uh, tummies. My midsection's I think, not as tight as it used to be. Yeah, and that's where we get into, like, I, I think this was an, an honorable mention on the um, on the top, on, like, the top six worst bullshit that people say. I don't know if we actually talked about it, but, like, the, oh, are you expecting, I think is directly tied to this idea that you're just going to, you know, at some magical line in your late 20s to early 30s, just put some weight on and you know or things are going to flesh out a little and and if sure like by old standards blah 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 to everybody's archaic understanding of things that just means because sure the the nice old lady the karen or the kevin at your work probably maybe hasn't seen a woman in her early 30s who wasn't in some form of whatever yeah. like but that's no excuse it's a shitty thing to say obviously but like it kind of really points out to still always the ubiquity of this like single path default that everybody's on it sucks 
It, well, no, it's just like at the end of the day, it is, it's like there's, it's not a single path and there is that self-consciousness. I mean, it's just like when you're going through puberty as a young person, you don't know what to do with, with your body. It's a, I don't want to say it's a betrayal cause it's not all bad, but I mean, what was, okay. I guess too, what was the experience like for you? It's funny. I come from families on both sides where the men um, are all fairly stocky. Like um, on the paternal side, um, we're delicious little Swiss troll people. Like, you know, like the the, the, the average height is like, you know, five, six to five, nine, you know. And just like adorable little, like the 70s troll, like troll, Trolls World Tour, just like the cute little basketball belly. Like that's just, if you line us up in a family picture, it looks like we should be standing in front of like a shoe with a door in it, you know? Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, like the cutest that's just, description. I love it so much. That's just, you know, that's the old, the old world you know, parental side. Mom's side is like some country-ass country folk. Um, a little taller, though, but also not necessarily as big. I remember my uncle, as a kid, clocked in at like 450. Like, he was was properly large, you know, in a way that, like, required life alter, you know. Yeah. that Not quite like TLC, my whatever 600-pound life or anything, but like that big, you know? Um, so I benefited from kind of their, a bit of their, um, hulking height. So I managed to like eke to like six feet. Um, but yeah, it, I watched my dad obsess about, um, and you know, like the, the, the early, like, let's get physical eighties, you know, he would run, he would, they were the first person I ever watched, like, try to, it wasn't ever my mom who's got, like, the metabolism of some sort of racehorse and will still drink, like, a 64-ounce frozen Coke every day um, and is, like, a, a skeleton lady um, in, like, pretty ideal condition for a woman in her 60s. Uh, I watched my dad consciously, like, watch what he eat, grapefruit diet, fad diet, tuna diet, you know, it wasn't ever my mother in my house who went through those things. Like, it was definitely my dad. Because I think he had seen the genetic footprint lay out in front of him. That's fair. And um, first one, uh, Diet Coke, you know, first Diet Coke in the house was dad, you know. And it was just, like, I think trying to beat back the tide as much as he knew what was coming. And now... He just kind of, as his, like, big full white beard has grown in and his hair has gone, like, full white, everyone just calls him Papa Smurf. And, you know, he's still... And, and, and this is a man who would still, in his 50s, was, like, running half marathons with my sisters, you know. and But there's still that shape, you know, that that was almost inevitable. Yeah. So... um I kind of knew it was coming. Uh, I remember very much being on a job in in my 30th year, one of the first big projects I was on, and realizing that, like, for the first time since high school that I was going to have to, like, go up a waist size. 
in my shorts. And I was just like, yeah. man, these are really cutting in here. And like, you know, you're coming home after a long day and there's just like a red band around your waist. And you're just like, that's weird. Um, and for me, it's like uh, growing up as like a fat kid who then got really skinny in high school. It was just kind of like the slow, inevitable decline that has always kind of terrified me. Um, but yeah, same thing, you know, in your thirties, you start, well, we're not eating that anymore. We'll try this fad diet. We'll try this working out thing and you fight against it. And, you know, I didn't have the, you know, forced, uh, narcolepsy of being a new dad or whatever to hide behind. I mean, I was still, you know, getting four hours of sleep a night, but that's just because my job's insane. Um, you know, so it's like all those things where it's like, well, your sleep pattern changes and all this other stuff changes. And like the food that you're allowed to eat changes when you have toddlers and they only want chicken nuggets and you're cleaning up their plate or whatever. And it's just like all the same shit happened to me where it's, it's still a struggle. It's still a fight, um, to feel, like my body's not in like a slow, inevitable act of perpetual betrayal with me. Um, yeah. And it continues to be, you know, and it's so funny that we'll talk about like body hair, hair on your ears. Like there's other signs of this stuff. Like there's other things that, you know, a lot of male pattern, male bodied, baldness, hair loss. Like there are signs of this stuff that for some reason, like hair in the ears is like just, Oh, you're getting older. But like the extra room around your belly is like dad bod, you know? And it's, it's it's very weird when those lines get drawn. Yeah. You know, it's like, can't we please just normalize that you gain a little bit of weight? Cause I, I was, I was blindsided by it in a way that like, I'm kind of ashamed to admit, because I thought I felt more confident about my body than that. And suddenly it's like, yeah. I think too, for me, and I think it's got to be even more jarring for people whose gender doesn't line up with their biology. Like, for me, yeah. looking more feminine, it, more looking more motherly, as it were, right. has been really hard. Like the extra yeah. weight around my middle and kind of the more curvy, like it, it's hard to talk about it in a way like I, I don't dislike that and I, I would never judge anyone. I, I think other bodies are beautiful, but when it's my yeah. own and the boobs especially, it's just it's completely changed my conception of like me as a woman and the kind of yeah. woman that I am. But like for me, sure. I didn't realize that I was maybe not as firm on one side of the gender spectrum as I thought um, because it was like, oh, I don't like this. And I can't imagine someone who definitely isn't who is maybe I've more had, non-binary. Had, I, I can't yeah. imagine how that feels. One or two non-binary friends who, um, again, kind of in the classical and again, I love that our definitions of this stuff are broadening. I love that, um, you know, at least someone's going to be the tip of the spear. I know we'll get the, uh, the dads in Kansas, we'll get them on board eventually, but like, you know, people that had able to craft and create, 
um, or really understand, I mean, create is a bad word, but to embrace their body um, a little bit more on the spectrum, um, who did have kind of a classic, you know, there's still that David Bowie, Tilda Swinton, Androdyne Center, you know, and they very much conformed to kind of that ideal of like slight and, um, you know, very angular and not a lot of curves and not a lot of boobs, you know, and had gotten very comfortable in their identity that way. And then all of a sudden at 31 are just like, Oh God, like, you know, the, all the articles you see online are like, I wore, I've worn the same pants since middle school. I've worn the same t-shirts since middle school. And even through that initial puberty had managed to ride it all out. And it's a lot more jarring this one. And, you know, not that, not that it's not jarring for female bodied people who get pregnant, but there's a roadmap there. There is an expectation there. Um, and again, like it's not the same. I've, I've seen people who carry it, who carry their child, you know, very like, you know, I remember my little sister wildly athletic looked like she just had stuffed a basketball under her dress. Yeah. You know, I've had friends who are very tall and much but, more kind of built who carried not, it very high. Yeah. To talk about it is also not to detract from that experience. It's like you say, like this isn't, yeah. it's okay to have not that conversation. And I think it's really important to have not that conversation for people yeah. who aren't parents. Cause it's, um, it is. It's like that no one prepares you for it. And it's the same way that like often for female bodied people, no one talks about menopause. Like we're more culturally aware of it now than we ever have been. But no one talks about it. And it's yeah. like no one because no one is comfortable with female bodied people getting older. You know, like there's always right. that stigma of like I think society says that there are women and they don't age past 25 and it's really like and this isn't the jump from 25 to 40 right like you're an ingenue and then you're a mom and then you're a grandma and then you're dead you know yeah and it's like what are all those spaces in between and what about all the people in between you know and it's but it's also been interesting like my partner is cisgendered male and it's been interesting watching it happen to him too because he's very fit and athletic and like even for men, it's just so pervasive. It's like, yeah, your hair is going to, your body hair is going to change. Things are going to change. You know, it, your midsection is going to be harder to keep toned, whatever. And it's like, you gain weight, you become a little rounder. And it's like, if we, yeah, it just sucks. Like, and it doesn't like, not the roundness. I think like, like I said, I think most people, that that's not like an attractiveness thing. It just sucks to have your body not do what like media and it like the roadmap is only like media. And I think, yeah, it's like you brought up to be like part of the impetus for this episode is hearing Zach Efron say like new Zach Efron in his documentary being called dad bod 
It's like fuck no, that's yeah. not it. Like <laughs> he's a he's a he's a thirty like a we've been watching Zac Efron on television since, since he, was, he 17. was a minor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is now thirty two years old. Right, like right in the middle of this this paradigm, you know, that we're discussing. And it's funny, it's a little, not to get like too inside baseball about work, but like I see performers and actors just destroy themselves to maintain that idea and to maintain what um, looks good on camera in heavy air quotes. Um, and it's rough. It's really rough. Uh, particularly, um, in a, in a hard job where there's ubiquitous craft services around, um, you watch people eat like four almonds, you know? Um, and like, not to ruin your favorite show, but if you see, uh, a male or female bodied person in less than pants, if you see someone without a shirt on, um, that person has is is probably starving. That person has not eaten for probably twelve hours. Um, when I schedule work, um, I try to as a kindness because again, this is even amongst professionals is kind of unspoken until you really talk to actors about their process and the things that they do. Of just oh. You know, I, I remember I had an actor come to me and be like, hey, man, thanks for getting that sex scene out of the way in the morning because I haven't eaten since yesterday. And it, I was young enough that it blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. And you realize that that's standard operating procedure for a scene like that. I mean, I had to, for a fairly named person, uh, an aging male, I had to let them know two weeks in advance before we did any topless scenes with this person so that they could, you know, at 50, take two weeks, two weeks to, to, to just grind their body down to that idea that is so universal and ubiquitous that someone like Zac Efron, just who's not in the middle of shooting, whatever is just eating like a normal person and looks a little bit like a gorgeous man, a gorgeous, gorgeous man looks just a little, hasn't, completely waxed every hair off his body and can't like pour a shot down his abs and the internet immediately is like look at this dad bod it's like no that's what you know if, if you saw zach efron looking like that in real life you'd be like that is a fit healthy beautiful man but for some yeah. reason like it's yeah that's the other thing is it's just so skewed we don't see natural looking bodies i mean and again he is exceptionally healthy natural looking body like sure <laughs> but we don't even see like the average person's natural looking body in a context where it's celebrated and yeah like it doesn't do anyone any favors and, right. and it's also and it just ugh. it's it sure there's a, a fantasy and an ideal and a, a mythic quality to a lot of the stuff that gets created but i think that we really do have to acknowledge that and i know that there's been a lot of good work done in the last you know my my lifetime about acknowledge kind of the really problematic and hurtful ways in which that's applied to women and female bodies you know and i think 
getting to the point where we can kind of talk about that on the dude side as well. And I know that at its heart, even like the McPherson blog post was trying to like celebrate the dad bod, but it kind of, there's a lot buried underneath all of that. That is not stuff we discuss and it's not stuff that we talk about. And, and it's not based in biology. It's not arming people with facts to kind of, feel better about themselves. Our bodies are not a yeah. product of parenthood. And yes, parenthood does change a body, but everybody goes through a change. And it's something that probably should unify us more than separate us. It's something that should kind of bring us together and be celebrated in the way that, I mean, we're not great at it with puberty, but it's definitely like kids know what's going to happen to them and they feel pretty good about it, you know, or they feel prepared so that yeah. they can accept these changes when they happen. And it'd be kind of nice to do that for adults too. Yeah. And I know. And it- it's, yeah, it, there's, it, it's funny because so many of these like articles on, on places like fatherly.com or like dad.org or whatever, um, also tie into it. The idea a little bit of the like wizening of men or they get more serious and they learn empathy. And it's like, it's a terrifying idea that like, um, a man can't learn empathy without having a child, right? That a man can't learn to function in society without going through this life change. And I think there's this weird idea that, you know, we've gotten into it a little bit on like the, the, the kids episode, right? Where we talked about, um, the kids episode, but like the, the child, um, you know, cartoons and childlike things episode yeah. of like where we're kind of, there's this idea that child-free folks at some point, we just, they hit pause on us. Yeah. Like we're always supposed to be 25 Yeah, because we haven't done the thing that makes you an adult. It's like, and oh, you're getting that's sleep. really, it's so unfair. It's really un- like, it's weird and unfair. Like, um, yeah, I I fall asleep during whatever streaming show I'm binging. Well, you've also at eleven o'clock sometimes. You've like, also managed to learn. Like it's also the the, the positive. Like, you've managed to learn empathy too. It it hasn't come yeah. from being a child. It's come from growing up. You know that's that's right. what that's a hallmark of growing up is not becoming a parent. It's learning empathy and realizing the world is bigger than you and your point of view. You know, and it's like. Yeah. And we're not, you know, I there we definitely I want to put this on the slate of things cuz uh we're not Peter Pan, right? Like I think that's the that's a thing I want to dive into that idea. Um I wish I were but, still Peter Pan, titless and slim. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm you, sorry, you can cut look, that. If, that's if like you, a fucked up thing to say, but it's like <laughs> No, I if you were t- titless and Peter slim Pan. is the perfect way to say that. That is amazing. <laughs> and like a little leaf with like a pixie haircut and a leaf and a leaf tunic. Yeah. What a dream. I, what a delight. <laughs> I thought I would stay that adorable twink forever. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying the twinks grow up? Because I'm not willing to accept this. I am not at all ready or willing to accept this. Um, yeah, we it, and. It it we we should be allowed to experience that it feel the same 
struggles with it, vocalize the same struggles with it, without having to couch it in parenthood. We should be allowed to be given the opportunity to grow up, which that's a lot of the like, oh my God, you know, it must be nice to whatever. Buried underneath that is the idea that we have not grown up and that we are not growing up in the same way that other people are growing up. And we are. And what we're finding out is that just because you're not adhering to whatever path had been, you know, born into the the ground from centuries of like whatever assumed life experience that, Hey, it was some of this shit was going to happen anyway, you know? And we should, I don't know, be allowed to be people in that same way. Yeah. Be allowed to have, it's a very human experience to be betrayed by your body. And, (laughs) and I, (laughs) I don't want to be left out of that because it's already scary and isolating sometimes. Yeah. And I think everybody deserves to kind of get to mourn that or to embrace it. Because for some people, I'm sure it's awesome. You know, like. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure there was someone who was like ordering weird creams and doing like archaic 1960s exercises to get tits who couldn't have been happier for their like 31st birthday. Yeah. And good, like, bless you. Good bless for you. Bless you. <laughs> bless you. Um, thank you for going down this rabbit hole with us. You know, we, um, he- heavier, heavier one than some of our other ones. Um, I think it's important, but, though. <laughs> but it's important to talk about, yeah. and we want to talk about it. So tell us about those dad bods. Let's see uh let's see your horror stories even better. Let's see the celebrations. Um what were some of the weird revelations you weren't ready for or that you feel like um you hadn't been teed up for because we want to be a community um that is here to make space for us to talk and share and uh, what should not we call feel... it? Yes. What should we call it besides yeah. dad bod? Oh man. Um, that's a, that's a great one. I didn't even think about that because again, why frame ourselves Yeah. in the language? Like we oh, want to hear from you. We want this to be a community experience. You adult buds. Yeah. So like what language do you want to call it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> 30 flirty and mush. No, <laughs> no. 30 flirty and mush. <laughs> that mush sounds too much like gush. Which that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Song of the summer. You guys, I wish, I wish you could see Tiger's WAP dance on the other <laughs> side of the call right now. It really is a thing of beauty. Gif that shit. Um, but you yeah, didn't even let's. See the um, lower half of it because I'm sitting on my ball, but I definitely was like, woo. Woo, woo. There, yeah. <laughs> Look, if we've learned anything, it's a great way to pop out your hip. Uh, says the man who threw out his back dancing on a rooftop in Brazil in my early 30s. So, um, not Brazil, Argentina, Buenos Aires. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, what are your, yeah, let's, I will posit it to the world. What are we calling this thing? Dalt bods? Something. I don't know. What did you say? 30 flirty and mush? You monster. <laughs> you absolute monster. But again, if you want to join the mushy revolution, 
thoughts, questions. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. Questions at notjustsleepingin.com. Uh, hopefully soon we'll get uh, get some good responses and we'll have uh, we'll work that into the show as well. We can't wait to do it. Until next week, I'm Tiger. And I'm Lee. Spread love. Live your damn truth. And of course, have, have fun, fun sleeping in. Bye. Bye. <laughs>